Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stove Leg Media. Igniting conversation. Hello, hello, thinkers. It's me, your host, Elena Grace, and you're listening to another episode of I've Been Thinking. As always, thank you very much for being here, whether you are a new listener or an old time friend. I so, so appreciate it. Now, real quick, before we get into um, the intro for today's show, though, I do want to remind you guys, wherever you're listening, like, pause for a second, follow us, subscribe, whatever the word is for wherever you're listening, make sure that you don't miss a single episode that comes out. So the number one way to do that is definitely by following, liking, subscribing us on whatever platform you use. Now, while you're at it, while you have taken that second to follow and like us and subscribe and whatever the words are, wherever you're listening, also make sure that you're following along on social media. That way you don't miss anything there, okay? Um, We post funny stuff there. You get a little bit um, different personality sometimes there, you know, that kind of thing. So follow along and that way you know what's coming next as well. And then finally, finally, I want to remind you guys that if you want to support the pod, the number one way, of course, is to listen, to subscribe, and to share with your friends, okay? So share, recommend the podcast to someone else. That is the number one way that we grow. I also want to ask you to leave us a review. It doesn't have to be a five-star review, but leave us a review wherever you're listening, Um, especially though on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And that is immensely, immensely helpful. And that is how we grow as well. And finally, check out our Patreon. We've got tons of extra content on there, exclusive content to Patreon. And that is also how you can listen to the podcast early and ad-free. Every episode early, ad-free. So that being said, Links to all of that can be found in the show notes, patreon.com forward slash I've been thinking pod. Our social medias are at I've been thinking pod, www.I've been thinking pod.com. Basically search I've been thinking or I've been thinking pod. I've been thinking with Elena. You'll find us. Okay. So (laughs) 
(laughs) Thank you for listening to that spiel. Now, today's episode, the reason you're here, the number one reason you're here is for this absolutely incredible, fun, interesting episode with dear old friend of mine. Today, I introduce you to Colin Roog. He is one of my good friends from my college days back at Transylvania in Lexington, Kentucky, and Colin is still in Lexington. You can find him at Comedy Off-Broadway and various other uh, comedy clubs in town because Colin's a stand-up comedian now. He works an office job during the day and at night he is absolutely killing the game. So this episode, we are talking about that journey. We're talking about kind of how he ended up in comedy. And like I tell him in the episode, he was always freaking funny. He was always a goober, funny in the best way, you know, and just fun to be around. Colin is a great guy and so fun to be around. And one of my favorite things about him is is how much he's grown. And I am so incredibly proud of him. I was like a mother (laughs) sometimes to his group of friends back in college. And I, I definitely miss those days sometimes. That was so, so much fun. But I was kind of a group mom. And to see how, or at least I thought of myself as that, (laughs) to see how much he's grown and matured, but also how much of himself is still so, so much the same and fun and fun loving and all of those things. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch your friends grow. And this episode for me was such an amazing moment of talking to this friend about all the ways he has grown and become more confident and all of these things. Oh, it's so good. So he talks about being a stand-up comedian, about what goes into it. He tells us about his first time. He tells us about his flops. He tells us about the confidence and also the self-deprecation of it all. So we get so much insight. If you have ever wanted to talk to a comedian um, or wondered what that whole situation is like, this is the episode for you. This is a good one. It is insightful and I'm really excited about it. So without further ado, here's Colin. Thank you for having me. My name is Colin Ruge. I am a part-time comedian, full-time, not-so-funny guy who works at a boring Wesco Annexter, so... you are I love part-time funny guy okay that um absolutely perfect to describe you um so Colin and I know each other from college we went to Trainsy together and you were always hilarious back then too I'm not gonna lie well thank you you know I try I try my best to because I like I guess the, my biggest thing is, like, I like getting a laugh out of people because then it makes me – it's, like, that self-validation kind of thing. But right. also, like, like I'm just, like, I don't know. It's just It comes off so natural for me, I guess. I don't know. No, it definitely is natural for you. So you and I have – we went to Trainsy together. You were yeah. two years younger than me. Um, you were, like, one of my children. 
That's what I called my little gang of guys was my kids. Yep. Lord, back in the day, I was a mom um, to a just handful. Just a mom. Just a mom. Just the, <laughs> mo- the group mom to a handful of absolute heathens. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we got after it. Oh, my gosh. We were all <laughs> awful. But um, college kids. A bunch of college kids just doing college kids things. Um, but you like, I am, I was not surprised, I guess is what I'm trying to say. When you started doing stand up comedy, that was like one of the least surprising things I have heard maybe ever when you started like posting about your shows and that kind of thing, because it feels so natural for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. What, what got you to the point that you decided to like get after it go for it start doing stand-up because that's like yeah sorry I was just gonna say like I think I'm funny um (laughs) but I'm not stand-up funny I'm situationally funny right so like stand-up is such a different art than I can even fathom yeah, stand up. I mean, so basically, to answer your fir- first part of your question, then I'll, Sorry. I'll say, no, you're good. I'll segue into the 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 funnier stuff because the, the way I got into it wasn't even that, like, I guess, good of a great of a story. I guess what happened was is I was at work one day and one of my coworkers was like, hey, man, like, have you ever thought about doing stand up comedy? And I told him, I was like, I've, like, I've entertained the idea a couple times, but overall, I just kind of never really thought I was going to get into it. And then I signed up for an open mic night at Comedy Off-Broadway, and I didn't go. I completely skipped the show. And I was, I was, because I was low-key, I was kind of, like, crapping my pants. I was so scared when I had to think of, like, ideas to write about and stuff. And then out of nowhere, I was just like, all right, I'm going to sign up again. And then I eventually went, and it ended up going really well. I had, a, like, a good turnout. About 30, 30 of my friends came. show was about 50, 60 people, and it was just a great time. That's so awesome. I w- wish that I could have been there, honestly. <laughs> I remember having, like, such FOMO um, yeah. when you posted about it because I was like, damn, like, I would, I genuinely would love to see you do that. I would love to be able to come support you next time in Lexington. Next time yeah. I'm in Lexington, I'll have to see if you're having a show. Hopefully, like, you will be because I'd love to yeah, watch you do that. that. Yeah, that would be awesome. And Oh, God, what was I going to say? Oh, to advertise a little bit for you, <laughs> you do most of your shows in Lexington, Kentucky. So for my listeners who are back home in Kentucky or are around Lexington specifically, like, follow Colin. Go find one of his shows. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's where I post most of my stuff. I've been trying to get into TikTok. And uh, my TikTok is just the same handle as my Instagram um at lord Rug. i don't know why that is my name but i decided it's a good a good name for my <laughs> instagram <laughs> and so i uh yeah i promote all my stuff on there my stories i like put it on my little like highlights or whatever it is so if you want to if you want to test the test the goods before you come out to a show i put all my stuff on youtube as well so we're just on all the platforms perfect i love it <laughs> i'll put links to all of that in the show notes for today's episode oh, yeah. too that way people can find it really easily that kind of thing yeah i want people to see to see your comedy because you've always been comedy gold 
even when you're just being like a little goober in the yeah, just <laughs> like in the frat house or whatever yeah like it was always good stuff well thank you i appreciate it of yeah. course Get, come out to the show <laughs> so you said you were shitting yourself before the first show like tell me yes. all about the first time you you performed actually my editor he was like please ask him about his first time because like yeah. i need to know all about that <laughs> so you know that you know that scene in step brothers where they're like he's saying oh i feel like my i was like had an out of body experience like i was like sitting over myself watching myself sing yes that is exactly how i felt i was like i was sitting there in the chair they they called my name or whatever and they're like call Rue, like first timer and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is where my out-of-body experience comes in because I stood over myself and watched myself perform, which I guess was a good thing because I couldn't see shit on the stage. They have the lights on that place so bright, you can't see a single person in the crowd. Oh, wild. And so I was just, I was full, like, eyes were glazed over from the bright lights in my face, so I, I was just blind up there. I I just started talking, and then I went into it, and... I like I practiced probably a week in advance, just like kind of going over it probably 20, 20 of the 24 hours of the day, like just on and off, just talking to myself, trying to practice in my head, like time out the pauses and stuff, which that I got to say, that's the hardest part. That, the hardest part is like actually deciding when the like insert laughter card comes in, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is something that definitely like. I guess gets me about it like how because those pauses have to be so perfect oh yeah right and like how do you how do you know and then the people that get up there and they hit it with like some improv they do like the crowd work mm -hmm. and all of that like you have to be naturally funny and you also have to be so confident to oh, yeah. be able to do that yeah, this, the, so the first time I didn't, because I, I would go back and I watch my, my film or whatever you want to call it, my uh, my people, my great friends who record the shows and send it to me, basically. I watched the, I watched my, basically my timing, my crowd reaction, and my overall just delivery of like the punchlines and everything. I have to, I, I try to like see, I count, I count in my head out the seconds like before a laugh comes or how long I respond to a laughter. Cause that's like the biggest thing I've like found out is like the, the way you respond to laughter is how, how well your show's going to go. Cause my second time I went up there, I, I, in my opinion, bombed. I did. I just, I didn't post really? that one on the internet. Cause I, I thought I did so bad cause I kept interrupting myself basically. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to put that one on YouTube just to humble myself a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and honestly, if nothing else, that's like, I guess a learning experience for other mm -hmm. comedians and cause it was clearly a learning experience for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's also kind of a perfect example of transparency in that, like, yeah. you know, nobody's perfect. Even if you think like Jeff Foxworthy or whoever, that's literally the yeah. first comedian that I could think of. Right. <laughs> even if you, <laughs> I <old>. actually, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm elderly. You have no idea. Um, no, Ron White is actually the one I thought of immediately, but like his face, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. Anyway, point is, um, even if you think that they're always hilarious and their delivery is always perfect and all that stuff, like, obviously they had to come from somewhere. They weren't always oh, yeah. perfect. So I think that that level of 
transparency and that clear growth is always really important for an artist of any kind. You know what I'm saying? I definitely agree with you there. How have you, I guess, so you've talked to us about how you've practiced and how you've been like learning and growing your craft, but I guess what else have you done? Like, do you study people? Do you study other local comedians or like, but can I ask about that? Oh yeah. No, yeah. I'm that's, that's a great question because the answer that you would love to hear isn't the answer that I think you're going to hear because I honestly don't really watch stand-up comedy. I have seen Burt Kreischer's, all his specials. I've seen, like, I've, I've like, I mean, just so nitpicky when it comes to who I'm going to watch. Yeah. Because if I watch too much, I'm going to start trying to adapt all these different types of flows, all these different crafts. And then I'm just going to go up there and just be like talking from like 12 different perspectives. So I've, I've watched like one comedian and it's Burt Kreischer and sometimes Tom Segura. I honestly feel that very deeply because as, yeah. uh, first of all, as a podcaster, something that mm-hmm. has been really hard for me is like, I don't necessarily listen to this genre of podcasting very much. Yeah, I love doing this. I love talking to people. Um, but this genre is not my go-to for entertainment, right? Like, yeah, I, this is kind of a, a Joe Rogan kind of setup, like to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. And for a long time, right. that's how my boyfriend described it to people. He'd be like, it's kind of like what Joe Rogan does. Um, but like just a different vibe, but like, you know, the more, yeah. the Elena version, right? Exactly. Um, and I was always like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then when I finally, we will be like on pot, or on a road trips. Like we go over to New Orleans a lot and that kind of thing. And it's like right at four hours away. So we'll listen to like a true crime podcast or a supernatural podcast until I fall asleep. And then he turns on Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started listening to Joe Rogan a little bit more. And I was like, oh, shit. This it actually is kind of like what I do. <laughs> and yeah. I have actually learned a little bit from Joe Rogan. Um, and some people will be like, what the crap? Because obviously some people love to hate him. Um, but I really have learned yeah. a little bit <laughs> about like interviewing and his interview style and the way he talks to people, right? When people actually let him talk to them versus just talking them the whole time themselves that's a whole nother thing but um I have learned a little bit from that and otherwise there's like maybe one other similar podcast that I listen to but they are straight up an interview they don't vibe like you and I or like just chat like you and I do or are right now or like some of my other guests and I do you know they're just like get through the questions for an hour and a half and that's just anyway my point is that as a podcaster that's something I've had a lot of trouble with too is finding my own style without um taking on other people's styles, but also learning a little bit from the people who are super successful, you know, that kind of thing. So I can only imagine for you where it's something um, 
even stronger that like you can't, you have to have your own style to be remembered and to Mm -hmm. be funny. Like that has to be so incredibly difficult to develop. Sorry, I went on that rant. No, no, you're good. Because that that was all, I mean, that's so pertinent to like every type of, I guess, media or whatever, like, like influence or whatever you want to call it. Like from podcasting to stand-up comedy to just reading the news on a news station, you have to be able to kind of make your persona up because if you, everyone tries to be so different, but like, if you go back down to like the nitty gritty of it, like just the, the ins and outs, the ones and zeros of the whole situation or whatever you want to call it everybody has kind of a similar taste to it. Like, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to try to mimic Burt Kreischer, I have to do that, but I have to do it in a way where they're going to say, Oh, that's not just Burt Kreischer's like offspring of comedy. That's Colin Rue. Like he's his own style, but like he kind of reminds people of Burt Kreischer. Like that, I, I got to pull from the big names to kind of create my own name, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. Because it, you know, in the same way in, podcasting or even in the painting world right like you Mm -hmm. look at somebody's artwork and you say oh that reminds me of Monet or that and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what makes it so wonderful is that it reminds me of this master so or that you know whoever it is it's reminiscent of and that's how ultimately you can make a name for yourself sometimes which kind of sucks that you can't do it like (laughs) on your own in some ways but it's just when somebody's really good at something you know yeah you got i mean yeah why why not try to go after like the picassos of the world you know right right why not so what you told us how you kind of ended up making the decision but and like we said, you've always been funny and like a jokester or whatever, but <laughs> what brought you to genuinely going for it with comedy? Because I know, like, we've not talked to each other a whole lot, like, not kept super in contact. So I'm just curious, like, what were some of the the things that led you from, like, these more corporate type jobs which are still your day job but Mm -hmm. then doing this really awesome thing in the evenings yeah I mean that's that's a great question because you think you look at me and you just see like oh he's a funny guy whatever he doesn't have any like I mean there's not like a when you see someone who's funny you don't think like oh they have some kind of highlight to that that humor like they go off they do stand up or something like that because I just work a day job basically my I just do my normal nine to five and then I go and I put on a funny shirt and I go and tell jokes for three minutes straight at a comedy, at an open mic night and make hundreds of people laugh or something like that. You know, it's like when I, when I think of that kind of, that kind of route that I'm taking, I, I guess like it takes me back to, I mean, you to go back to your question before I go on a total tangent here. Um, I guess when I started really thinking this was going to be something that I either wanted to do full time, like which I'm not even anywhere close to. But uh, like something that I want to kind of take, take a higher role in my life was really after that second one that I kind of bombed because I was sitting there. I, after my show, I was watching, I watched my, my set probably 15 times, just picking it apart. And I was like, I don't think I ever want to do this again. I don't think I ever want to go up on stage and look that dumb because from my point of view, I thought I did horrible and then I went back to work the next day, all my coworkers came out to the show and they were saying like, man, that was awesome. Like you did great. You just kind of fell off at the end. 
And like, other than that, I mean, I was just like, damn, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty right. Like, I mean, I didn't, like some of my best jokes were in that skit and I still, I, I want to pull from them again because I want to get that delivery down. But I mean, like just that, I guess getting to the point of wanting to quit kind of helped me push through to like think like, I want to keep doing this for a, like a while and see where I can take this, you know? Yeah, that's really amazing that that point of almost quitting is what made you realize how important it was to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when yeah. you almost lose something, you realize yeah. how dear it is. Exactly. Because I mean, I just wanted to, I've, I've always wanted to make people laugh. And like, I always, I always, I, I value my humor and I value like other people's response to my humor. And I guess the biggest thing was like, it kind of that point of like, if we're going to do this, we're going to freaking do this or we're going to stop now and forever hold our peace, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm glad yeah. I stuck to it. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you did too. And that reminded me earlier when you said, you know, that kind of validation of making mm -hmm. people laugh. And then again, just, just now something you said reminded me of Robin Williams saying, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was he said right now, but Something along the lines of, you know, a lot of the people who make you laugh are are people who need to laugh themselves. And oh, yeah. I think that for a lot of comedians, a lot of artists of all kinds, that that's where it comes from. The people who want to show you laughter or joy or beauty or whatever are the people who mm -hmm. need that so desperately themselves. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Like, I mean, some of the some of the funniest people you see out there are the ones who are sometimes either going through it the hardest and they're trying to find a way to cope, or they're they're the ones out there who are, realize that other people are going through it the hardest and they're trying to help them out. So, like, yeah, find a happy median. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, realizing how much other people need that, I think, is mm -hmm. always a really important 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 <laughs> motivator for a lot of people too because exactly what you said um so well sometimes it's because they know how desperately they've needed it exactly. before um and sometimes it's you know seeing somebody that they care about or whatever need that so desperately that it motivates them to mm -hmm. say okay here's this thing that i can contribute so i'm gonna yeah. go out and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it yeah i totally agree yeah i think comedy is definitely like an under appreciated art to be honest yeah. with you i mean it's definitely i think it is definitely appreciated but probably not to the extent that it should be um like i know i love watching even just like the you know 30 second tiktok clips of it mm -hmm. or whatever from like the laugh factory or whatever and so that's yeah. kind of what you're doing with your tiktok right yep i'm kind of i'm just pulling little clips and i'll like I, the ones I think are best for like, uh, I guess that 30 second kind of grasp. Cause I mean, TikTok is so like ADD, I guess, if you want to put oh, it like, it's like, absolutely. you gotta have their attention for 30 seconds and it's over. They're scrolling to the next TikTok. So I take my, like my best 30 second clip that I can find. And I, I throw the little captions on there. So people who don't want to even listen, they can read it or whatever. And just, I put it on there and then I put my promotion at the end of it. And I just, I try to get that, that little chuckle, you know, that at least get a laugh out of somebody. So that's where I go from there on TikTok. Has it been, I guess, surprising for you how much um, 
like marketing and stuff that you have to do for yourself to kind of gain success in the oh yeah yeah, yeah I mean, sorry I didn't mean to no, no, no 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 you you're just fine tell like tell me more about that because it it's something that has surprised me I guess as a podcaster and an artist yeah no I you're you're spot on because if I wouldn't have if I don't tell my coworkers or tell my friends to come out to the shows, I would be like some of the people who I see go up before and after me at these open mic nights and just have dead silence. Like it's good to have your friends in the, in the crowd because they kind of, they're that, they're that sign that says insert laughter now, you know, they're, they're the ones who are, who are helping me get the, the first laugh from a stranger, I guess. So having that marketing there is so useful because if I didn't, if I didn't have my friends there and like, just like people I know, it would make it so much harder. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know that for, again, for the podcast, you know, even if there are regular listeners who know it comes mm-hmm. out every other Friday or whatever, I still mm-hmm. have to say, hey, there's a new episode today for people yeah. to go friggin' listen to it because, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's just like people want to be told what to do, kind of. So, in the same way, like, yeah. You know, your friends, your coworkers, whoever are hitting that first laugh and giving pe- other strangers the permission to laugh Basically, also. Yeah. How, like, it's crazy how much socialization goes into what people think is funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, I like... Mean, if, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. You go. You've got way more insight into it. <laughs> I was just going to say, because, like, I could tell a joke about, like, about something that doesn't make sense to end like that's and like I guess that's a whole can of worms if you want to open that thing up because the getting into like what makes people laugh and what makes what people can relate to is so important for comedy because if I didn't if I didn't say something that like everyone understood I'm getting four laughs out of a hundred people you know like that guy if everyone can come together and laugh at the same thing it makes it so much more funny right Oh, I would love to open that can of worms because what <laughs> what people think is funny is so interesting to me. Like yeah. the fact that so in in college for example, when I first got there, I did not I I don't know, my my sense of humor was very different and then, you know, Allison, my BFF, um yeah. she'd be making jokes about like, oh, my dead grandma or whatever, and I was like <laughs> absolutely taken aback i was like what did you just say oh my gosh literally shell-shocked and now i think that shit's hilarious i made a joke Mm -hmm. about my dead grandpa the other day is it because i'm coping with it in a healthy way no it is not (laughs) but the point is i'm getting to the point where i can make a joke about it so you know we're getting somewhere so yeah. yeah anyway what people think are funny is is what people think is funny is so so interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I so like there's there's different routes you can take in comedy. You can take the the current news type type route or something like that, or you can take the you can take the self defamation type route where you just make fun of yourself the entire time. And that's kind of the route that I developed. Is like I have so many just silly stories about myself of just doing stupid stuff. Or someone else that I know doing stupid stuff that I can make a spin off and like tell a whole set about this one silly thing. Like I have a whole set about um, when I got peed on in Boy Scouts. Like this kid accidentally like <laughs> peed his pants and it was standing on top of me when I was like laying down in the tent. Like like that like that like, <laughs> like that type of stuff. I could make a whole set about that and just like 
Like I posted on my TikTok the clip when I told that joke and then I interrupted myself and I, I totally ruined the joke because I didn't know anything about delivery. But I mean, the laughs I got out of that, just like everyone coming together, laughing at this kid who got peed on. Like, like I mean, you're laughing right now. I just, yeah, I, it's just I can so, only imagine. so easy. Oh yeah. It's, it's just like stuff like that gets so easy. And then it's, I could tell another story where people are just kind of like, that's kind of sad. And then right. nobody laughs. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I can definitely see self-defamation kind of being your thing just because mm-hmm. of like the fact that I know you, that I've known you yeah. for a while and that I know just jokes you've casually told before or ways <laughs> you've tried, you've made people laugh in the past. Do you think that self-defamation has to have like a certain level of actual self-confidence behind it for it to actually deliver a laugh without it mm-hmm. being like sad yeah oh 100 because if i can't like t- if i tell you a story about how i got peed on by a kid and then he ended up crying you're just gonna be like that kid is so sad like that that is actually like the saddest thing i've ever heard of and then but if i throw a joke in there like i open it up by saying hey has anyone ever been peed on before nope just me all right well that's good and like just something like it simple as that just like opening up the floor for other people to kind of take a second to see if they can relate to it. And then they're like, wait, what the hell? No, I don't relate to that. And then that's <laughs> when the laugh comes from because they're like, How, tell me more about why this kid got peed on. And then I'm sitting up there as confident as hell, just telling these people about the story of the time in fifth grade, I peed, our kid peed on me, you know? So just okay. that kind of stuff is really easy to get into. That slip, really important. Were you the kid that actually peed or did you get peed on? No, I know. I, I was, I'm, I'm upset. I said that cause I know you heard it. No, the kid, I was laying in my tent just like, and I got woken up to a kid crying, telling me he has to pee. And I'm like, dude, like just go out in the backyard. And he's like, I don't know where, I don't know what to do. And then he just starts peeing. And this, <laughs> and it, I didn't even get the most. I got like a little bit, I got like 20% of it. And then the kid next to me, who was de- still dead asleep, got like about the rest of the eighty percent. So I wasn't even the true warrior of the story. Oh my gosh, that's awful! <laughs> it's absolutely awful. That poor and he kid. Had to borrow, he had to borrow one of my shirts, and of course, my mom picks out the shirt for him after I wake her up at three in the morning. That says, "My sister stole my video," or "My sister played my video games and ate my homework," or something like that. One of those like silly, goofy shirts yeah. that kids wore. And- early 2000s and so I had to return it to me the next day at school and it was just the most embarrassing thing in my life oh my gosh traumatizing but here you are making jokes about it I know I guess that's like trauma is the best the best form of laughter for me I guess so I think I think it is for a lot of people because if nothing else we can all relate to having fucked up stuff happen to us right Or like most people can, at least. And whether it's the same, the same things or the same kinds of things or not, that doesn't really matter because I think that that feeling of, oh, other people have been traumatized too, that Mm -hmm. like says a lot. It creates a sense of community. And I think that's a lot of what comedy does. Don't, do you? Oh yeah. I think, I think it's just, it's a situation where a bunch of people can come together and laugh for however long the set is at someone else going through something that they've probably been through themselves. And that's why they can laugh about it. Cause I mean, I think, I think a lot of the times we take situations like that and we're just extremely embarrassed. Like, Oh, I got peed on by this kid. And then like 20 years later, I'm like, I got peed on by a kid and I'm laughing about it instead of freaking out about it, you know? So I guess that's the best part about comedy. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I just think about 
some of the dumb things I did as a kid or in high school or in college, right? And mm -hmm. now I tell people those stories sometimes and they're like absolutely horrified. Yeah. I'm like, y'all, this is hilarious. Like, <laughs> how can you not see that? Oh, God. Like, like the time one of our friends, Tyler, bleep this name out. Um, the time he ran away from the senior uh, bar crawl during senior <laughs> week and we couldn't find him and he comes home and his girlfriend calls me and she's like, Elena, did, did he get in a fight? I was like, no, he literally left like 10 minutes ago. He was telling her he got in a fight on the way home. He gets home. He's covered in blood. He tried to climb over a fence and fell off of it. <laughs> And that's what, and, yeah. and you know, you tell some somebody that story and they're like, what the heck? Why was he so, whatever. Yeah. They're like worried about him or whatever. And I'm like, that's hilarious. He was too, yeah, exactly. he was drunk off his butt. He was too embarrassed to say he fell off a fence that he shouldn't have been climbing <laughs> in the first place. And he told yeah. everybody he got in a fight and that's why he's literally covered head to toe in blood. Like, what the yeah. heck? Or in his mind, he went and he actually fought the tree, started throwing punches at a at bark, you know? You like know he probably did. You <laughs> yeah, exactly. know he was throwing punches at that fence or at that tree. <laughs> and honestly, the best part of it to me is that's not the only time I have a story with him involving falling off a fence. Yeah. So, so I mean, history repeats itself. History repeats itself. Like, so, but yeah, there's just like those shared shared traumas, shared experiences, whatever, it's definitely a really incredible way of relating to one another and creating community and just like coming together, if nothing else, to laugh at somebody else's misfortune. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, and I will happily be the gauntlet of that success of laughter, you know, of that, of that, uh, of that embarrassing moments for everyone to laugh at. I'll be the gauntlet there. Amazing. And that, I think, <laughs> I just want, like, I know I've kind of said this before, but I think that that willingness to sacrifice your your pride, your ego, whatever it is, for others' laughter and enjoyment says so much about a comedian's, um, about their confidence, but also about their, um, their like love of community and love oh, yeah. of other people their willingness to let other people laugh at them basically. yeah yeah because that's not something that somebody with a big ego or somebody with mm -hmm. ego uh, insecurities or anything like that like which is not to say that comedians don't have their own insecurities etc mm -hmm. etc but you know you have to overcome that to be that person that is getting sometimes laughed with and sometimes laughed at. Yeah. And then the, you know, the only difference between those two things is the, the type, I mean, I don't know. There's not, there really isn't even a difference when it comes to like, when you're on stage going through it, you know, I don't care if you're laughing with me or laughing at me at some point, I'm just glad you're laughing, you know? Right. Right. So. Because, because it's feedback and basically you're getting the, the answer you wanted. Whether, exactly. <laughs> whether it's like in math class, whether you're getting it the right way or not, you're getting the right answer. Yeah. Whether you did some, some crazy math on your hands or you actually typed it on a calculator. Literally. You get the answer to the problem. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. I should have asked you, like, has there ever been anything that you've been scared to talk about? Or have you ever thought, like, oh, what if my grandma hears this or something? Oh, she's, my mom's heard it all, so I have no fear anymore. No fears. All fears have been unlocked. Absolutely incredible. I love that. I love, because that's honestly something that I struggle with with the pod is, like, Oh, can I, like, should I say that? Should I bring that up? Like, my mom Mm -hmm. listens. What will, and sometimes she calls me and she's like, Elena, why'd you say that? And I'm like, because it's real. Yeah, no, I mean, half the stuff, my mom has heard me talk about masturbating and my mom has heard me talk about taking Delta 8 gummies and stuff. Like, she's heard it all now and they like, they can't say anything because I'm like, mom, it's all for a joke. Like, just get over, excuse me, get over it. Right. Like, get, Yeah. It, it makes people laugh. That's what the job yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a laugh out of it, and I like doing it. So if you don't like that, don't listen. Don't listen, literally. <laughs> How exactly. funny. My mom sends me um, articles every once in a while, which, and these are, again, like, articles from some, like, random blogger or something, and it's like, mm-hmm. 12 reasons why you shouldn't use curse words in your podcast. And it's like... <laughs> Number, Christian moms unite. Yeah, literally. <laughs> moms unite. Moms against the fuck word. Cussing. The fuck yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. The fuck word. <laughs> anyway, and I'm like, it is like reason number one. Some people might not want to hear them. Reason number two. Some of your followers might unfollow you. And I'm like, these aren't even good reasons, first of all. Second of all, this is yeah. literally your agenda, Karen. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Like, just get over it. And, like, if you don't like me saying fuck, then fuck off. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, you should... It's your husband's favorite word. Why don't you like me saying it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Literally. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, Colin, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about comedy or about, like, your journey or something you want to make sure that you hit on during this episode? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is... Just if you don't if you don't know anything about stand up or you've never been to a show or not even just an amateur one like an actual full fledged com- comic or comedian who comedian um, who is on a who is on their tour or anything like that just give it a chance you know I mean come out to a show I got two this week one on Zoom for Transy one at a, a local coffee shop at eight p.m. on Thursday you know if you if you got time come out see the show or just watch some stand up online just like understand that like these people are putting themselves out there and give give them a laugh you know it doesn't hurt yeah it's very raw and very vulnerable yeah. to do it so you know just what like it's literally free to laugh at oh, somebody. Yeah. Exactly. exactly so why not so wait i have yeah. a question about the zoom one i did see that yes. in one of the alumni emails um yes. how so like are people going to be able to laugh at you on the Zoom call? Your guess is as good as mine. I, I can't, have no idea. I cannot <laughs> wait to see how this works. I actually am really I glad you reminded either. me of that because I am going to try to log on for it. Yeah, Transy alumni, come on out and watch me either sit there and wait for a pause and you laugh <laughs> on your muted button or me somehow find out that you're laughing. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm gonna try to log on and like I'll I'll be the one typing in the messages. <laughs> yeah, just send a hand clapping emoji or something in like the little Zoom thing, you know? Like just give me give me some sort of feedback so I'm not sitting there oh staring my at my God. screen. This is gonna be comedy just to see how this works out. Oh yeah, I agree. I'm I'm excited. Incredible. Well, I'm excited you're excited. And I'm so glad you came on the pod today and talked to us about this because yeah. I've I've had um a comedian on the show before, but never talked about it quite like this. So I'm I'm really um hopeful that people enjoy this this discussion about the vulnerability and the I guess the confidence as well that goes into comedy because this has been really fun. Yeah, I hope someone uh stand, gets on the stage with me sometime after listening to this. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Colin. And again for all the listeners, all of Colin's Um, Social media handles and links and everything will be in the show notes. So you can find them super easily. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Dia. Thank you very much for listening. This has been I've Been Thinking, hosted by Elena Grace. Editing and production by Tyler Miller and proudly presented by Stoveleg Media.